Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London, and welcome to our worship during this season of Advent, one of my favourite times of the year, when we engage with some powerful themes as we prepare for the coming of Christ into our world at Christmas. Do please let us know where you're listening from and give us a like. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to contribute towards the cost of these online services, which is very warmly appreciated, you'll find information about how to do so in the accompanying text. But now may the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. John the Baptist said, I baptise you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the third Sunday of Advent. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin by lighting the third of our Advent candles. Let us pray. 
we light these Advent candles to remind us of those who prepared for the coming of Christ. The patriarchs, the prophets, John the Baptist, and the Virgin Mary. As we remember them, Lord God, help us to prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and to open our hearts to receive him. God, our Father, you called John the Baptist to prepare your people for the coming of the Lord. Help us who have been baptised into Christ to grow strong in faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask this through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Blessed be God forever. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. When the Lord comes, he will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness, and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Therefore, in the light of Christ, let us confess our sins. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen.
Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you. Pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, who at your first coming sent your messenger to prepare your way before you, grant that the ministers and stewards of your mysteries may likewise so prepare and make ready your way by turning the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, that at your second coming to judge the world, we may be found an acceptable people in your sight, for you are alive and reign with the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Zephaniah. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cast out your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear evil no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, do not fear, O Zion, let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exult over you with loud singing, as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you, so that you will not bear reproach for it. Behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors, and I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you home, at the time when I gather you together. Yea, I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth, when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the letter to the Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let all men know your forbearance. The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. John said to the multitudes that came out to be baptised by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits that befit repentance, do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the multitudes asked him, what then shall we do? And he answered them, he who has two coats, let him share with him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptised and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than is appointed you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what shall we do? 
And he said to them, Rob no one by violence or by false accusation, and be content with your wages. As the people were in expectation, and all men questioned in their hearts concerning John, whether perhaps he was the Christ, John answered them all, I baptise you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations, he preached good news to the people. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. One Saturday afternoon, a number of years ago, I ventured into Birmingham city centre to find the place packed out with crowds of teenage girls and swarming with private security guards clad in high-vis jackets and carrying what we used to call in the olden days walkie-talkies. It was obvious that something major was going on, but I had no idea what it was, and I was clearly not the only one. There were quite a lot of shoppers around me who were standing around intrigued, whom I could ask uh, here asking the same question. What's all this about? What's going on? What are they all here for? Given that it was a very large crowd of teenage girls, the likelihood was that the cause of all the mayhem was the imminent arrival of some teenage boy band or other that I had probably never heard of, but seeing the way in which that crowd drew in so many other people who had no idea what was going on really did illustrate for me the power and the pull of crowds. Because I suspect that it is true for most of us that if we see a large number of people gathered in a place where we don't expect them to be, immediately we want to know why, what's going on. Perhaps even, am I missing out? It's clear from this morning's Gospel reading that in his own day, John the Baptist had just as much crowd-pulling power as the average pop celebrity of today. Indeed, if anything, he had rather more, because far from courting popularity by setting himself up at a venue in the heart of the city with a slick promotional organisation and guys in high-vis jackets behind him, John the Baptist actually did the precise opposite. He deliberately chose to exercise his ministry out in the wilderness, away from the towns and the cities and the places of human habitation. Nor did he actively seek people out. On the contrary, it was they who tracked him down. And why did they come? Because they had heard the stories. They had heard that this holy man 
was baptizing people, releasing them from their sins. Wonderful, some of them must have thought. We could all do with a slice of that. They were, after all, already members of God's chosen people, and clearly this must be some kind of special extra perk that they could claim for themselves. So John's response to this excited and eager crowd must have been quite unlike anything that they were expecting. Because seeing them arrive in their droves, he greeted them not with words of welcome, receiving their adulation with the kind of mock humility that one sometimes associates with pop stars, but much more startlingly with rage and insults. You brood of vipers. And why did he do that? Because John the Baptist knew perfectly well that so many of them there were there for all the wrong reasons. They were there for the excitement. They were there because they thought there was something in it for them. They were there to get a piece of the action. And they were there also because they were firmly convinced that they had a right to be. After all, they were descendants of Abraham, weren't they? The Baptists' words to that crowd are fearsome, warning them of the wrath that is to come, warning them that those who do not bear fruit worthy of repentance have reason to be very, very afraid. No cult of celebrity here. No cosy rush of excitement. Just the cold, hard shock of a message of judgment and a jolt into harsh reality. The writer and critic G.K. Chesterton once observed that the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting, it has been found difficult and left untried. And connected with that thought is the very strange paradox that lies at the very heart of the Christian gospel, which is this. God deals in free grace, but he does not deal in cheap grace. In other words, God's grace is not earned. It is totally and absolutely and utterly free. It is ours for the asking. But therein lies the problem, because the difficult bit is not the receiving, it's the asking. Because in order to be motivated to ask in the first place, we first need to have the self-awareness and the humility to look squarely at who and what we really are and to recognise our own deep need of God's grace and our own deep need for repentance. That, of course, is the reason why it was precisely the poor, the marginalised, the sinful, the broken, the rejected, the despised, the unloved and the unlovable who recognised Jesus as the bringer of hope and salvation long before anybody else did. Paradoxically, it was those who were most convinced of their own worthiness and of their own moral rectitude 
those who are most cosily ensconced in their well-ordered religious traditions, they were the ones who were least able to recognize the Messiah who was in their very midst. Indeed, not only did they fail to recognize him, they actively turned against him and brought about his death. As I'm sure we all know, there is none so deaf as will not hear. It took an individual who himself ended his days as a profoundly broken man, Oscar Wilde of all people, who observed, how else but through a broken heart may Lord Christ enter in. A church that is truly filled with the Spirit of God, a church in which people are able to glimpse something of God's love and grace and acceptance and forgiveness, is a church that will draw people in. <clears throat> because the love and the grace and the goodness of God are highly infectious. But a word of warning. It is very easy and can indeed be very dangerous to play the numbers game in relation to churches and their congregations. <clears throat> indeed, there have been a number of terrible scandals in recent years involving some of the mega churches here and in the United States, where it seems it was a combination of wealth, power and undue influence that corrupted those who were in positions of leadership and a culture was allowed to develop that had very, very little to do with the true values embodied by Christ. Churches can very, very easily go astray. The season of Advent is wonderful and profound, but the themes it invites us to explore are not for the faint-hearted. It is so easy and so tempting to assume that we are in control of our lives and our destinies, to retain an overwhelming confidence in human progress. But as one of my favorite authors on Christian spirituality, the American Fleming Rutledge has pointed out, <clears throat> how do we account for the fact that evil has not been conquered by the Enlightenment? We must, of course, rejoice in the advances of human knowledge and human scientific endeavour, which have unquestionably given those of us in this privileged part of the world a quality of life and health care and life expectancy that would have been unimaginable in earlier centuries. <clears throat> but scientific endeavour takes no account of the complex reality of the human heart. And what is, in essence, a wonderful gift of God, the gift of human rationality and creativity, that gift can so easily become a force for destruction, even unintentionally. Just look at the state of the natural world and the present climate crisis that is a deeply unfortunate consequence of some of the wonderful things that human creativity can achieve. 
which is why we all need redemption and the humility and the recognition that preceded. The Christian gospel is life-giving, but it is also costly. John the Baptist alerts us to the fact that where the good news of Christ is concerned, scale means little. Integrity means everything. Because God deals in free grace, but not cheap grace. And because the Christian faith is always comforting, but never, ever comfortable. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, throughout the world people are struggling to stay afloat in a turbulent sea of uncertainty. Do we mask? Do we unmask? Do we walk? Do we fly? Do we gather with a few or en masse? Do we hum? Do we sing? Alas, your message of forbearance and caution wells in the waves. We have forgotten how restraint benefits all of mankind. May selflessness guide our choices rather than selfishness. We pray for those who will never open the panels of an advent calendar resting upon a chimney piece to see pictures of reindeer and snowmen, stars and snowflakes, jingling bells and candy canes because they are homeless or, as with little Arthur, starved of food and companionship, forced to drink salty water, regularly beaten and given a hard, cold floor for a bed, for they are forbidden to have one, let alone see one. <laughs> 
Many children throughout our world are treated as he was, lest not we forget them in our prayers. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for refugees who have endured perilous journeys for the sake of finding a life free from persecution. May they feel welcomed on Christmas Day. May we forsake indulgence for their sake. We pray for all those working in the media who keep the world informed about suffering children, victims of persecution, and expose the realities behind propaganda. May they be safe from those who seek to silence the uncomfortable truths they reveal. Dear Lord, let us be thankful for the friends we have made this year, the fresh voices we have discovered, the long and intimate talks and walks we have enjoyed with people whom we might never have known were it not for the restrictions keeping us at home. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our Sunday Club children. We pray for Joanne, our Sunday School leader, and all those who lead with her. We pray for Alison and Jeff, Robin, our verger, Caroline, our assistant verger, our staff, our church wardens, our PCC and our choir, how the beauty of their voices shines forth at this special time of the year. We pray for our visitors, each other here in the pews and our online community. We pray for Matthew, Neil and Bob. Without whom our online services would be but plans on paper. We pray for those of all faiths who timidly step across our threshold, seeking spiritual inspiration. Dear Lord, may sense and sensibility fill our hearts as we feel our way in the dark, looking for a safe path in the light. May we be thankful as we await with joy your birth, that despite the pain and grief we have suffered, we have discovered radiant horizons we never dreamed existed. Our faith in you made such so. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for, for the, the sake, sake of, of your, your Son, our, our Saviour, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? In the tender mercy of our God, the day spring from on high shall break upon us to give light to those who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks, because you sent him to redeem us from sin and death, and to make us inheritors of everlasting life that when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may with joy behold his appearing and in confidence may stand before him. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. But you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us.
Let us pray. We give you thanks, O Lord, for these heavenly gifts. Kindle in us the fire of your Spirit, that when your Christ comes again, we may shine as lights before his face, who is alive and reigns now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Christ, the Son of Righteousness, shine upon you, scatter the darkness from before your path, and make you ready to meet him when he comes in glory. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.